Hey there, and welcome to the Marshmallows and Money Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Zachariah. I'm a wife and mom of two, a personal finance educator, and a debt-free money-saving ninja. I'm here to help you navigate this world of money so you can afford the life you want. So I'm breaking down dense money topics and translating them into easy-to-digest action steps so you can easily implement them into your life right after every episode. Grab a coffee or beverage, and let's chat about money. I'm going to start off by saying that these lessons were learned the hard way. And the reason why I decided to share them with you is because I want you to know the value of paying off your debt early. When you don't know that value, it takes you longer and you procrastinate paying off your debt. Everything else suddenly becomes easier. Let's worry about buying a house first or getting a new car or going on this vacation. Everything else takes priority when you don't know the value of paying off your debt first. So let's talk about it because we were in over six figures of debt and I can tell you it took me so many years to just wrap my mind around how in the world we were going to do this. Here's the thing. We were making progress, but it just was never fast enough for me. And it took a really long time for me to understand that slow progress is still progress. And just because you are moving slower than you'd like or slower than what you see other people moving doesn't mean that you're not making good progress. So that's my first valuable lesson here is that slow progress still remains progress and you should count that as a win. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it was easy. It wasn't. Getting out of debt on regular salaries without a side hustle, without any extra income coming your way, and just like we weren't in six figures of debt overnight, I could not expect that we would be out of six figures overnight either. It took a lot of discipline, a lot of sacrifices, a lot of, hey, you've got food at home, internal talks. And honestly, I don't think I could be where I am right now talking to you on this episode if it weren't for those times that it felt super slow and I still moved forward. I want you to understand that the slowness of the process doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. With every month that goes by and you still have debt gives you more lessons learned. So before I even start, I really wanted to hone in on this one because I think it's really, really important that you don't give up. Sometimes slow progress makes you feel like you're not moving, like you're spinning your wheels, like no matter how hard you try, you're just going to be in debt forever. So why even bother? I'm here to tell you that even just one small step forward is a step forward. And you can do this. I believe in you and you know you have the power to do it. It just takes discipline, perseverance, and knowing that slow progress still moves you forward. Now, number two is something I think we all do at one point in our life in more than one aspect of our life. It's really comparing yourself to others and their situations. Let me first start off by saying we don't know everyone's situation like we think we do. What we see, what we hear, what we think we know isn't always the full story. And if we heard the backstory, likely we would find that there are many similarities to our own story and many struggles. 
So comparing your situation to what you think you know about others really inhibits you from moving forward in a pace that makes sense for you because you're too busy looking at someone else's situation and comparing it to your own. I did this so many times, I'm not going to lie. And that comparison actually got me into more debt and it probably will do the same for you. A lot of times that means that you're upgrading your life before you can afford those upgrades, which means you're putting that stuff on debt. That's exactly what happened to us. We moved into our forever home and unintentionally put in this notion that in order for this house to be our home, we needed to put our spin on things, put our special touch, use our color palette, all of these things that we thought would make our house a home because that's what you hear when you buy a house, right? You need to make it your home. You need to make it warm and inviting and full of your character. And that's exactly what we did. We upgraded almost immediately after we moved in, even though the house was perfectly fine the way that it was. And the upgrades were not necessities, although there were a couple of necessities like getting new windows because the windows were so old that Literally, it was like sleeping outside in many of the bedrooms. (laughs) We had air just seeping through the windows and the roof was pretty old. And with our first rain, we got really scared because it seemed like it was going to give out. So you can only imagine how fast our debt built in a matter of months, just because every corner that we looked at, we thought needed to be something of our own. And I look back now and I look at the painted walls and I look at the upgrades that we made and I think none of these things were necessities other than the first two that I told you about. All of those things could have waited until we saved, until we shopped around, until we really settled into the house and saw if it was going to work the way that it currently was or if we really need to upgrade something. The moral of the story here is that when you compare your life to not only others but the standards that society gives you, you find yourself scrambling to win this imaginary trophy for having the best upgrades and the nicest house and the cutest clothing and the coolest car, but there is no trophy. What you end up with is a badge of debt and you hold that badge of debt for years to come, resenting the time where you thought that this was an okay move. I spent many years resenting myself and I'm here to tell you, you don't have to compare yourself to anyone. And as hard as that sounds, because it's always easier to say it, not as easy to implement it. But if you learn nothing in this episode, I hope that you take this. Happiness comes from the peace you feel inside. Paying off debt showed me that other side of true happiness. Now, when you're already in debt, there are some things that you need to remember. Paying more than the minimum payment is going to be your best friend. I can't stress enough how paying just the minimum is doing nothing but maintaining your debt. You are just keeping good standing with your creditor, but you're doing nothing for your debt freedom. It will take you many more years to pay off that debt and many more thousands of dollars to get it done if you're paying just the minimum payment. So I'm here to tell you that one of the most valuable lessons I learned was that when I was paying more than the minimum payment, I was accelerating my debt payoff in such a way that we were able to pay off over six figures of debt in less than five years on regular salaries. So I urge you to pay more than the minimum. Always. 
always, always. Number four is something I think no one thinks about. And it sounds a little too good to be true. Like, why would this even be something that was an option. If you don't know, lenders are actually willing to work with you. If you have a high interest credit card and you have pretty decent credit and you've been a loyal customer, you can absolutely contact your lender and tell them that you're looking to get a better interest rate. Do your research, find out what their promotional interest rates are at that time, find out what their competitor interest rates are at that time, and make your request to lower your interest rate. We think, why in the world would a creditor want to lower my interest rate when they make more money by me paying the higher interest? I'll tell you why. There are a couple of reasons. One, you're a loyal customer, and they know that. They've seen your payments come through. They know that you are a good borrower for them, and that you'll probably continue to use their card for many years to come. The other thing is that they don't want to lose your business. Losing your business to another creditor, well, that's money in their pocket they're losing. So yeah, they can give you a lower interest rate. Heck, they might even give you a 0% interest rate for a certain period of time. They will work with you. And if they don't, that's okay too. Find a creditor that will give you a better interest rate and then move your balances there. But don't close the credit cards because that will affect your credit score. Number five was something that I knew would probably help me, but I didn't realize the impact that it had on my strategy. Creating a plan makes the biggest difference because just simply writing down your goals and how you're going to accomplish them creates a roadmap for you to follow. But When you just have it in your head and you think that you have a plan and you kind of have an idea of how you want to move forward, anything can stop you in your tracks. But when you have a plan that's set in place, that's written down, you're more likely to follow through. Creating a plan for me meant that I sat down with my husband and we reviewed our budget. We determined how much we were capable of making in payments. And then we determined which debt payment strategy we wanted to use. If you're not really familiar with the payment strategies, here are a couple of the most popular ones. The debt snowball method says that you pay your smallest balance first and work your way up to the largest balance. You pay your minimum payments on all your balances except for the smallest balance. That balance you want to pay as much as possible every single month until you pay it off. Then you take the payment that you would have made to this debt and you add it with the payment that you're currently making to the second smallest debt. Then you combine that together and make a bigger payment to debt number two. After you pay off debt number two, you do the same thing with debt number three, number four, and so on until you've paid off all your balances. This offers the benefit of a quick win. Because you're paying the smallest balances first, you're able to finish paying those debts off pretty quickly. So it gives you a lot of momentum at the very beginning when you need that motivation. The second payment method is the debt avalanche, and this one says that you pay off your debt based on your highest interest rate first. So you list your debt based on highest interest rate to lowest interest rate, and you do the same thing. You pay off the minimum payments for all of your debt except the first one that has the highest interest rate. Then you make the largest payment possible to that highest interest rate until you finish paying it off. Then you move down the line the same way that you would have done with the snowball. This method is way more cost effective. You save a lot more money when you're looking at paying off the highest interest rates first because you're saving money on interest. So you don't get the quick wins, but you save money overall. And a lot of times you're able to pay off your debt even faster. We personally decided to use the debt avalanche because it made the most sense and saved us the most money. 
The idea here is to have a plan that works for your lifestyle, your personality, and something that you can sustain long-term until you pay off your debt. The next lesson I really learned was to lean into my why. If you don't know what a why is, it's basically your reason for doing anything. So in this case, what would be your why for getting out of debt? Our personal why were two things. One, time freedom, and two, and not in this order, our kids. I wanted to be able to show my kids that being financially secure is a possible life, that we were financially responsible, that we had security, that we weren't stressed about money, that we could actually afford the things that matter to us. And time freedom meant to me that I could retire early if I wanted to, or leave my nine to five and work on a passion project that brought in revenue. I didn't have these two options when I was in debt. So for me, it was really important to get out of debt so that I can start conquering my own life and not owing anyone anything, including my time. The next lesson I learned seems really obvious. And when I say it, it'll make total sense. When you're in the trenches paying off your debt, sometimes this is one of the hardest concepts to conquer. Consistency. Consistency is powerful. I'm sure you've heard a hundred times over how compound interest can make you rich. It's not necessarily the concept of compound interest that makes you rich. It's the concept of time and consistent compound interest that makes someone rich. So if we want this consistency to help accelerate our debt payoff, it's important that we start practicing consistency with every single debt payment, with every single promise that we've made to ourselves, with every action that we said we were going to make. If that means that we are checking in with our budget every single day, five minutes a day, then that is part of our consistency plan. If it means that we are making $500 payments to our first credit card until we pay it off, then we need to make sure that we are making a $500 monthly payment every single month without skipping a beat. Consistency matters when you're paying off your debt. So pay attention to your habits early on so you can start getting into those consistent routines that help you break down your debt and get to freedom faster. Up until this point, the lessons that I've learned with debt have all kind of been part of the process of paying it off. And I've learned a lot by paying off my debt. But we have to address the elephant in the room. Debt is a thief. Yeah, I said it. Debt steals not only your money, it steals your time, it steals your thoughts, your peace, it steals your sleep, it steals a lot of your energy. Debt is so debilitating that oftentimes you feel like you're in a corner that you can't get out of. And when I was going through my debt journey, I remember many times I would be driving on my way to work and I would feel so trapped to the point where I felt like I couldn't breathe. And I remember thinking, I'm working 40 hours a week, commuting at least two hours every day, going through all of this trouble so that I can make an income, so that my creditors can take everything. There were many months where our debt was taking all of our extra money. That not only took our money though, it took our peace of mind. It took our joy. It took our freedom to be able to go out. It took a lot from us, as I'm sure it takes a lot from you. Debt steals so 
much more than we think. And that innocent coffee that we buy on a credit card or that new shirt we get from Target or that new Amazon purchase that just happened to come to our doorstep because we clicked on a button, those things seem harmless and they seem so small in the grand scheme of things. But they add up to a lot and not just monetarily. They add up to lost sleep lost peace of mind, more anxiety, more stress, piling bills, feeling trapped. So I urge you to rethink your opinion about debt. I want you to realize that debt shouldn't be a normal thing in your life, that it is something that takes away more than it gives. Yes, we're borrowing something and getting money, material possessions, but it takes so much more away from us when we do that. As you think about your debt, I want you to rethink your relationship with it. I want you to understand the impact that debt has in its entirety, not just the monetary amount, because I know firsthand that there is so much more cost associated with our debt than just a payment we're making to our creditor. Moving on to number nine, self-control takes tons of practice. Believe me when I tell you, this concept of self-control taking practice made no sense to me when I first started. I thought that if I came up with a plan and I had the determination to follow through with my plan, self-control was going to be a piece of cake. I'm stronger than my urges. I can control myself. I'm a full-blown adult. It's ridiculous to think that I can't control my impulse purchases. Well, let me tell you, I was so wrong. As a recovering spender, This is something I struggle with even till this day. And self-control does take a ton of practice. And I didn't learn that except while I was paying off my debt. I had to learn the hard way. And the way that I learned was I would be super strict with myself. And if I lost control, even for a minute, even if I went and I bought something from the Dollar Tree that I knew was not part of my budget, or if I bought that extra coffee that I knew I didn't need, I beat myself up for it. I would internally shame myself berate myself how could you you had a plan how could you buy that coffee knowing you do not have it in your budget how are you ever going to get out of debt if you keep making these stupid mistakes do you really have no self-control this was my internal dialogue I was so mean to myself. I didn't give myself the grace to learn how to change. Our behaviors have been ingrained in us for years. We didn't just pick up these habits one day out of the blue. They have gradually become part of our lives. And so self-control is something you have to practice for a really long time to get good at. Just like with our behaviors, it took a really long time for us to get to this point. It wasn't an overnight thing. So it would be really unrealistic for us to think that immediately once we have a plan, that somehow miraculously we're going to be able to control everything and all of our impulse purchases and all of our urges to spend. It's just not the case and it's not realistic. So I urge you to keep this one in mind when you're paying off your debt. Self-control takes practice. Keep on practicing. But if you fall, if you lose control for a moment, learn from that moment and move forward with positivity. Don't move forward feeling shameful. Don't lose your drive to succeed because you've made a mistake or two. Because this journey isn't about being perfect. It's about making progress. 
And if you make a mistake here or there, which we all do, including myself, it doesn't take away from your progress. Because remember what we said in number seven, it's about consistency. If you're doing 95% the right things and 5% you fall into a spending urge or you spend a little bit extra here or there, it's not going to hurt you. But if you look at it as that is your failing point and give up, that's what's going to hurt you. So give yourself enough grace to practice self-control. Practice meaning consistently be mindful of controlling your urges and work on it every day. And if you mess up, that's okay. Number 10 was the best realization. Debt freedom is full freedom. I always thought about getting out of debt as just not having as many bills, not having to owe anyone anything, being able to afford the things I want, but it's so much more than that. I realized that being debt-free meant that I had the freedom to choose the life I really wanted. I was no longer trapped in all these payments that I could actually use my paycheck to not only afford the things I wanted, but to plan out my future. I also had more time freedom. I didn't have to worry about debt. I didn't have to work overtime. I didn't have to think about my debt strategy. All of that was behind me. And now I had all of this extra time and mental space to plan out the things that I actually enjoyed doing, the things that excited me. Debt freedom affords you so much more than just the idea that you have extra money. But yeah, extra money is a great plus, but it gives you a lot more freedom of time and mental space and less anxiety. I'm not going to tell you that after debt freedom, everything in your finances is going to be perfect, but I'll tell you this, it vastly improves after you've become debt free. Debt freedom is the best thing that we've ever experienced in our financial journey. Right now, we're in the process of growing our wealth, and we couldn't have done any of that if it weren't for the extra money that we now have because we no longer owe anyone anything. So now instead of paying compound interest on our debt, we're earning compound interest on our wealth. I hope that alone motivates you to really get serious about paying off your debt. Because there's nothing better than to have the freedom to do what you want with your money. That's all for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you leave a review, I'll love you forever. Remember, today is yours. So make it count. I'll see you in the next one. Bye for now.